Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside... Connor Balthazor. And before we even get into the preview of what today's show is about, you may have noticed something new about this episode, and maybe even the podcast in general, and that is, finally, finally... At long last. At long last... The new look of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast has come in. Brand new logo alongside numerous designs that will be coming to our merch store, but we'll be going into that later. But even though we have a new look, I want to assure you we are the same old Alley Cats. So with that, we'll just go ahead and get into the preview of what we're going to be going over today. We're first going to be going over women's soccer, followed by women's volleyball, And then finally, we're going to go into Big 12 news with the recent invites. And finally, the triumphant, we'll say, return of the wacky segment of the week. Gone for far too long. Gone for far... It was was like a week. It was literally (laughs) like a week and a half. But let's just jump right into the women's soccer recap. Since the last time we did an episode, they have played... Two games, including one they're playing right now, which, you know, dates the episode and when we're recording it, which is Thursday, September 9th, which is the day before it will come out on the le- the Day of Reckoning, 9-10-21. If you don't get the joke, you don't need to. Yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. But they played two games, one against Denver, which did not go so well, and then one against Colorado State, which did not have a good week. In any of their athletics. Colorado State had among the worst weeks that you could possibly have as a Division One FBS sports program. Yeah. Period. I mean, it goes well beyond soccer. Yeah, it, it was... <laughs> they did not have fun. Anyway, the first game was played by K-State was against Denver, which we unfortunately lost 1-3. to three. And we have the stats pulled up here, and Connor will gladly report on them because I cannot see them. Yeah, uh, this was a kind of a strange game, but soccer just kind of goes like that sometimes, where basically all of the scoring took place in an 18-minute window in the first half. The first goal was scored in the uh, 19th minute by Riley Baker of Denver. Then two minutes later, almost exactly, Natalie Beckman scored. Then 10 minutes later, uh, Sydney Sharp scored, so it was 3-0 Denver at that point. And then K-State got one back to make it 1-3 in the uh, the 37th minute, and that was it. That was all the scoring, and it happened very quickly. Um, Denver, they well outpaced the Wildcats in shots. Uh, they more than doubled them up, uh, 19 shots for Denver to 9 for K-State, and then 9 shots on goal for Denver to just 1 for K-State. So really tough there. Um now, the defense, I'm not quite living up to the hype there. But the the Cats knew it was going to be a tough game. Denver's a very quality opponent. They were undefeated going into that match, and they remain undefeated. So, now, not the worst loss in the world. Would have liked to see maybe a little bit more uh, fight, a little bit more offense, more shots on goal. But, you know, you can't win them all, especially in soccer. Just some days, just they aren't hitting. Yeah, some days, some days you have it, some days you don't. It's a lot like baseball in that regard. But then we move on to, we mentioned earlier that Colorado State did not have a good weekend in either football. 
and we, the Wildcats, ended up beating them 4-0 in the realm of soccer, and South Dakota State decimated them like 45-23 to in the realm of football. So they did not have a fun week. Yeah. Uh, it's tough sledding out there for the Rams and Fort Collins right now. Uh, the Cats, um, they did all the scoring in this one. They started just a little over 10 minutes into the game. Uh, Marissa Weichel, uh, she scored. And then it was another uh, 25 minutes before they'd score again. Kaylee Thornhill put one in. Then Riley Baker, another seven minutes later, in the 44th minute, scored. And then Marissa Weichel in the 60th minute, she got her second goal of the game for a brace. That also was good enough to put her on the national team of the week. So big honor there for Marissa Weichel. And I think I think I believe that gives her four goals on the year. And then uh, shot totals. K-State um, led in both total shots and shots on goal, as you would expect from a team that wins 4-0. Uh, 15 shots for K-State to 10 for Colorado State. And then 8 on goal, just 4 on goal for Colorado State. So good day for the Wildcat defense, especially uh, the, uh, the goalkeeper whose name is currently escaping me, um, Peyton Pearson, um, had an excellent um, day with uh, 4 saves um, in, the, uh, in the net. So, good win there for the Cats. Yep. And that moves our record up to, what, 5-2? and two? Um, Or 4-2? and two? I believe it's 4-2 and two with a game ongoing. Yeah, against Purdue. Yep. Which is entering the 80th minute of the second half. Yep. So, there's only about 10 minutes left in this one, unless the score changes. It's... Currently 1-0 in favor of Purdue. They are kind of dominating the shots at this moment. So we should have a result by the end of this show unless uh, the Cats get one back and send it to overtime. But we'll uh, we'll, we'll keep tracking that. Yep. We'll have a final report unless it goes to overtime, in which case we will yeah, not be then we will not another 30 yeah, minutes. We will not have another report if that's the case. Yeah. So now let's move in to the K-State Volleyball Recap. They had a game against number 21 in the nation, Pepperdine or Pepperdine. I, I've never gotten a straight answer as to how it's pronounced. I've always said Pepperdine. It could be Pepperdine. I really don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care either. Uh, especially after they handed us a 0-3 to loss. Although it was closer than you think, it's still never great to lose 0-3 to in literally any sport, but especially not in volleyball. Yeah. That was a clean sweep for Pepperdine over the Wildcats, although the score doesn't quite tell the full story. Uh, Pepperdine, they won every set, but every set was very tightly contested, especially the second set. I listened to part of this game down in Dallas. Uh, The first set went to Pepperdine, 25-22, and then the second set was the one that was kind of frustrating to listen to because the Cats had uh, a chance at victory two or three times in this set, and they just weren't quite able to put it away, and they ended up losing 32 to 30. So n- not very often do you see volleyball uh, um, that far. matches. Yeah, it's, rarely are they getting to the 30s. And Pepperdine won the third set, 25 to 22. So the Cats, uh, they had several opportunities in all three sets to uh, win, and they just weren't quite able to put Pepperdine away. They, uh, it's very unfortunate uh, for the Cats. Uh, because it would have been great to come out with a victory over a ranked opponent, but it just was not meant to be. Uh, Leah Carter, um, she led the team in kills, but she did not have a very high hitting percentage. Uh, one of her weaker performances on the year, just uh, about 10% um, hitting. 
which is not very good. Uh, but nevertheless, still the best player in the squad. Yep. Um, still produced, even if she wasn't uh, um, super efficient. Even if she wasn't super efficient, uh, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yep. This was followed by two consecutive victories against the University of California, Santa Barbara, which was 1-3-2, and a victory against San Diego State, which was a 3-2-1 victory, which elevated the Cats' record to, I believe, 3-3. Three and three. Yeah, they... I believe they were three. Actually, no, they're three and two after this, because okay. um, the one of their matches got canceled up in Lincoln. Okay. So, so that so that's why it's ended up at three and two. Uh, the um, UC Santa Barbara game. This was a very tight contest uh, the whole way through. The Cats won the first two sets, twenty five twenty two and twenty five twenty three, and they dropped three and four, twenty five twenty and twenty five twenty three. So this one had to go to a. Uh, uh, an extra set, and uh, the Cats won that 15-13. So every set was uh, really tightly contested. Um, then again, uh, it just that just kind of happens in volleyball. Uh, Leah Carter had a much better day. She had 21 kills, uh, hitting almost 40%. Really, really efficient. Uh, Haley Warner, also really efficient as well. Uh, 19 kills, 47% hitting. That's extremely efficient, actually. So all around a very good day. For the cats, I don't know a ton about scoring volleyball. Like I, I know kills, but I don't know a lot of other stuff like digs and stuff like that. I'm not digs. I think are kind of close to saves. So. Yeah, yeah. So then Mackenzie Morris, twenty digs. That seems good. Yeah, <laughs> we we need to really get like a volleyball player on the show. Yeah, or maybe we don't, so we don't embarrass ourselves. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Either way, um, much better performance for the cats against UC Santa Barbara. Yeah. And then the following game against San Diego State, the Cats won that 3-1. Uh, they took the first set 25-19, dropped the second 25-18, and then they won 3-4, and four, uh, 25-23, and then they dominated the fourth set 25-16. Uh, San Diego State was a vastly inferior opponent, 1-5 uh, overall, so it's a, obviously a match that the Cats should have gone into with a, uh, a lot of confidence. Um, however, Aaliyah Carter did not have a very good day at all. Uh, just 10 kills on, uh, 40, but I believe that's attack attempts and she had 12 errors. So she actually had a negative hitting percentage, which I did not know was possible. The but more, you know, the more, you know, uh, Haley Warner though, had an excellent day hitting 63%, with, uh, 18 kills on 22 attempts, just four errors. So that's good. And, um, yeah, then the cats moved to three and two. After that victory over uh, San Diego State. Now we are currently playing Ohio, in which we are leading one set to zero. However, Ohio is currently leading the second set. We'll keep you updated on that if the episode yep. goes on long enough. Yeah, I imagine this one will not be done by the end of the episode, but it will be long finished by the time this comes out. So Yeah. <laughs> so don't say. Never mind. <laughs> So that kind of goes over the two sports that have played other than football. So now let's begin talking about news for the Big 12. And this is news that everyone has kind of been expecting for a very long time now. And I would like to say that I was, I didn't predict it per se, but it's always been my take that the Big 12 would opt to just expand as opposed to people who are panicking and saying that the Big 12 is dead forever. I never really bought that, but... 
who's to say who thought the Big 12 was just going to be destroyed? It's a mystery. You truly. can't tell we're staring at each other right now. It, it was me. I thought the Big 12 was going to die. You and a lot of other people, so it wasn't just you. Yes. It's fine. Yeah, I definitely overreacted in the beginning, um, but things really quieted down over the last month or so, and I was able to stabilize my emotions and <laughs> see things more clearly and realize that uh, there's no reason for the Big 12 to break up. And once expansion became the target, I think the four schools that have applied... Uh, I think those were the four very obvious choices, I think. Minus one. Minus one, I suppose. But, yeah, the the schools that have applied, if you've not heard yet, um, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, which is University of Central Florida, although they prefer to be called UCF, as I have discovered. Really? Yes, they actually do. I've, I've seen a lot of people online call them Central Florida, and then their fan base just circles them yes they circle and they're like we are not central florida we are ucf which i guess is like southern methodist and being smu yeah i guess that's true nobody calls tcu texas christian so it yeah uh, and no one calls byu brigham young yeah so some some schools just prefer going by their uh uh, their acronym well then again i think it's also this is kind of off in the weeds so this is the last thing i'll say I, I prefer here in K-State over Kansas State. I much prefer K-State over Kansas State. I especially hate Kansas ST. I, oh, yeah, no. That's, that's absolutely disgusting. That's that's almost worse. And national media loves using that, and I hate it. Yeah, that's kind of nasty. We'll, we'll end that there before we get too far off. Yeah. but So, as you said, new invites are Brigham Young University, the University of Cincinnati, Apparently UCF because they will, God will smite you if you yep. try to. Maybe I should have said that about BYU. Yeah, that actually <laughs> makes more sense for BYU. But the the fan base will try and smite you if you say Central Florida, and then Houston, which was I actually thought because there were rumors swirling around that Texas Tech, TCU, and Baylor were not fans of it. I thought that was going to be the least likely, but here we are sitting here today, and it's expected that the vote is to go through. And that is more or less a formality for the Big 12 presidents. Yep. Yeah, because you're, the whole thing with realignment is you're not going to apply to join a conference if you don't know that you're going to be accepted. Yeah. Because it's more of an embarrassment thing at that point. Like, it's not like applying for a job. I mean, the, the whole thing is worked out before you actually do the application. And also, I normally feel bad for confer- for smaller conferences getting... Uh, uh, pick up yeah, getting poached and whatnot but considering that the american literally conspired with espn and national media to destroy the big 12 for their personal gain i don't really feel that bad <laughs> at all so they 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 can just be totally fine with us taking uh their best squads and leaving the scraps behind okay so i didn't put them on the outline i apologize for that so i have three things that i kind of want to think of First, how does how competitive does this make the Big 12 in the grand scheme of things? Second, how would you split the divisions? And then third and finally, how soon do you think these schools come in? So let's firstly start with the competitiveness of the Big 12 on the whole. And I will say that if we're going to pick a school that is a quote-unquote competitive outlier, it's almost certainly Houston. But even then, Houston has been consistently okay 
with yeah. a couple of, of good years. Yeah, they've had, uh, in the last decade or so, they've had some legitimate success at a high level. Uh, like with the Case Keenum era. Um, Case Keenum, I'm pretty sure he broke the national passing yard record while he was a Houston. Uh, that didn't necessarily translate to the NFL. Uh, he wasn't terrible. He was okay for a few yeah, years. Yeah, he had, he had some all right seasons, especially with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Houston has had some all right years. Uh, Derek King... Um, who's now at Miami. Uh, he was a pretty good quarterback for Houston for a few years. Um, so yeah, Houston, while they are the outlier, at least on the football field, uh, they did just go to the Final Four in basketball. Uh, basketball, as we know, is not the driving force in realignment, although it is the second most important sport, even if it's by a very, very, very wide margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, nevertheless, they still made it to the Final Four, and that is a good look for the Big 12 to add a, a competitive basketball power, even if it's not the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth choice, it's probably in the 20s. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't, like I said, I like the Memphis, not the Memphis, the, the Houston pick, but I I genuinely did think that they were not going to be one of the schools that were brought in. I thought it would be Memphis before them, but. I thought that as well. Um, and so we. Um, Until they started trying to renovate yeah. the Liberty Bowl with ESPN funds. Yeah, and that, they kind of maybe did that a little prematurely. <laughs> um, either that or they're preparing for the next round of Big 12 realignment, which I imagine will be... Oh, that's number four. Number four, we have to talk about next rounds and how that's oh, been hinted about. Okay, then I will not touch on that yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, Houston, um, very good ad. Uh, I like them. They already played a conference game against Texas Tech, so yeah. that's nice. Didn't Tech win that? Uh, yes, Houston was winning that in the mid-third quarter by 14, and then he ended up losing by, like, 17 points. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, Tech scored just some ungodly amount of points in a row on them. They brought the tortillas out. Anyway, yep. so the, uh, Houston isn't the only school that they brought in. We have two schools that, coming from the American in UCF and Cincinnati, were in genuine talks for national championships within the last five years. And if they weren't group of five schools, there is no doubt in my mind that they still, A, would have won the same amount of games, and B, would have been national, would have been in the college football playoff. So, first off, really good for them getting into a Power Five conference, and I'm pretty sure that it will remain a Power Five conference, because competitively, we're better than the the Pac-12, and in terms of revenue, I believe we're similar enough to, to warrant it. Plus, I don't think that people want to go through the paperwork of saying we're power four now. Yeah. So we have, we're adding two schools that will be hyper competitive, which is nothing but a good thing for both me as a fan, because I would rather have a 50-50 shot of winning or losing a game as a fan than going to a game just knowing I'll win. And I want that interest to be brought to the Big 12, because that intrigue that you bring to the Big 12 is something that very few other conferences have. There are very few other conferences that you genuinely don't know who is going to win what division in what in what conference. Yeah. By the way, we have the final for the K-State-Purdue game. It is 2-0 in favor of the Boilermakers. Yep. Uh, just to break off on that uh, very briefly. Uh, the Cats got pretty much dominated uh, in this game, at least in terms of shots. They were doubled up on total shots. Uh, 21 for Purdue, 10 for K-State. Uh, Purdue had eight shots on goal compared to just two for the Wildcats. So they were pretty clearly overmatched here uh, on the road against Purdue. 
but I believe they are finally going to play a home game here in the next few days because they have not played a home game. three years. Yes, they have not played a home game since, I believe, the middle of August. So, and then we're just about to hit the middle of September. So, uh, yeah, it'll be nice to bring them home finally after a very, very, very long uh, road trip. Yeah. So, final for K-State soccer, Boilermakers 2, K-State none. So, back where I was going, SEC, Alabama or Georgia, are going to be the two leaders of their respective divisions. Yep. ACC, it's Clemson and whoever is unfortunate enough to get sacrificed to Clemson every year. Yeah, it seems like it's a different team every year in the other division, but it doesn't really matter because they're just going to get destroyed anyways by Clemson. So. Pac-12, it's always Oregon. Has it not been? Have there, has there been a year it hasn't been Oregon recently? Um, there may I mean, have been. Utah was there one year. There, but. there has been maybe one or two years that they wouldn't have been because they had a couple of years where they were like seven and five, eight and four. Uh, Washington had a couple of really good seasons. Washington right. State was in contention, but I don't yeah. think won. I don't think they did. I don't think they made it to the Pac-12 championship because they, they lost to Washington. They lost to Washington. Last week. Yeah, and Washington, I think, ended up going to the college football playoff that year. And they so, got decimated, but... Yes. And they brought the whole team back and went like 7-5. So... <laughs> Woo! Anyway. So, yeah. My point is, is that right now, yes, the Big 12 is very predictable. Because it's going to be Oklahoma and whoever gets sacrificed to Oklahoma that year. In most cases, at least the Big 12 championship game is competitive, for the most part. That is true. Yeah. Although it's normally Oklahoma victory, it normally isn't an Oklahoma blowout. Yeah. So there, there is that at least. Uh, th- that's the difference with the ACC is that Clemson just blows out just whoever they play. Decimates them. Like last year when there was Notre Dame, when they joined for a year, they just... Bye. It was like 38-3 or 38-10 or something like that. It was just not even a contest, and the touchdown was garbage time for Notre Dame. Yeah. So with these new schools coming in, I genuinely think it creates a very interesting conference that you can that people will watch on a week-to-week basis because they are playing meaningful games. And that is the number one reason, number three reason, as to why people were talking about college football playoff expansion. We all know what number one and two are. Number one was money, number two was TV ratings, which causes more money. But that competitiveness and having games that matter, I feel like bringing these schools in, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, not only improves the quality of the Big 12 overall, gets us to 12 schools, but it makes it to where every single game feels like it matters for most schools because it's not going to be the same school winning every year. Yeah, I like that perspective. Uh, it should the, the Big 12 should be very competitive uh, going forward. Um, this does a few good things for the Big 12 beyond that. Uh, for one, it opens up a new recruiting territory uh, to be more easily accessible for uh, the Big 12. Uh, for example, Florida. K-State's been trying to hit Florida pretty hard. Uh, they added Joshua Youngblood in the class of 2019, which that did not work out. And then they recently added uh, RJ Garcia, who is also from Florida. I forget exactly where from. He's distantly related to a rapper that keeps tweeting about him. I forget who it is. Okay. I just keep I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I just keep seeing it on like like some random verified guys like tweeting about K State every once in a while. Like whenever RJ is brought up. So good for it. We're getting like a lot of Good job, RJ. We're getting like a lot of like 
famous-ish people, like interested in K-State right now, like Kurt Warner. Um, we just offered uh, Rodney Harrison's uh, kid. Oh, yeah, the DB from Georgia? Yeah. And then... One of three DBs from Georgia, I think, we offered? Yes. We we get a lot of our corners from Georgia. Like uh, Denson, Omar Daniels, uh, Duke Shelley. He was from there. Elijah Sullivan, he's a linebacker, but he was from there as well. Justin, yeah. Justin Hughes was also from Georgia, so... Yeah. So, yeah, it's... It increases competitiveness. So the second thing is just a hypothetical between the two of us. What would the divisions be? And... I would just cut it off at Oklahoma. Everyone north of Oklahoma is in the North Division. Everyone south or west of Oklahoma is in the South Division. That's how I would separate it. I think that would make the most sense. Here, I'm going to get my map out so I can visualize this because I I can't really do it without it because I have have tiny brain. (laughs) All right, so it would be Oklahoma State, Texas Tech... Baylor, TCU, Houston, mm-hmm. and UCF in the south. Uh, not UCF, BYU. UCF. It's It should be east and west, I should clarify. Oh. So, um, so it's like that? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So the east division would be K-State, KU, Iowa State, West Virginia, Cincinnati, and UCF. Okay. And in my opinion... The reason why I like that pairing so much is because it keeps the majority of the big rivalries together within division. Because otherwise you'd have to get into a lot of a lot of protected games to make sure and although you would only not be playing like one or two people on your conference schedule, you'd still have to go through the trouble of making sure that's a game every single year and it's just easier to keep them in division. Plus I really, really would rather not face Iowa State in a Big 12 championship game when we can just knock them out earlier during Farmageddon. Yeah, I I like that. Um, I would do North and South. It would be kind of... The North would be a little bit uh, spread out, mm-hmm. but it would be BYU, K-State, KU, Iowa State, Cincinnati, and West Virginia. Okay. And then the South would be Oklahoma State, uh, Texas Tech... Baylor, TCU, Houston, and UCF. I do that mainly because selfishly, uh, if I ever want to go to a BYU game, then we would be in division, and just because it's very pretty out there. Mm-hmm. And then we would still have uh, BYU and Iowa State, and and we would also split up the expansion teams evenly between uh, the divisions. That's true. So, and then also Cincinnati and uh, West Virginia, I remain close to each other. Uh, UCF is the one that kind of gets left out on an island there, but Houston isn't as far away they're still pretty far but if we decide to expand again memphis will be on the table and ucf is not that far away from memphis so memphis would likely join the south in that scenario which is the fourth point but now let's go into the third point which i feel like is a question that we're preface we're not professionals (laughs) we don't even pretend to be but if we if you and i had to put a specific time frame on when this will actually happen, would you say... So, obviously, Oklahoma and Texas are... The grant of rights is up in 2025. Right. I think they leave before then. I agree. I personally think that these four schools, because of how fast they've moved through the application process, I think that it is 
at maximum two years before they join. I I agree with that mainly because I'm pretty sure that conference contracts for Cincy, uh, Houston, and UCF. I think that they stipulate that they have to give like 24 month notice or something like that ish. They have to give a pretty significant notice of the conference. All of that can be negotiated down to some degree. So I think that the window for them joining, I think they'll be joining in 2023 uh, for the 2023 season. And there is some chatter that OU and Texas may stay a little bit longer than we expect. They'll still leave early, but maybe not as early as we were thinking just to save money because they just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. So Jeez, there, yes, there could be um, maybe one year of Big 14, which here for it. I think would be one very fun year. So I would be fine if it's one year that to just see how it goes because it will go terribly. But I, I'm really looking forward to that Oklahoma-Cincinnati Big 12 championship game with Cincinnati winning and finally getting to the college football playoff. Yeah, an intellectual take. <laughs> But yeah, I, I like the idea of just one year because uh, I, I think if the OU Texas leaving uh, a little later than we expect is true, I'd imagine they'll be departing for the 2024 season for SEC. So one year early, still on the hook for millions of dollars, but not quite as much as it would have been. Lincoln Riley wants a chance to get to at least a 500 against Chris Kleiman. Yes, he, he wants to be able to, to iron out that before <laughs> he ends up leaving. <laughs> So, but yeah, 2023 for the new schools, I think, is the uh, the optimistic window. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's at all unlikely. So, yeah. And I agree. So we both are saying like 2023 is when they come in. Yep. So I this leads to the fourth question and one that I personally think is the most interesting one. Because all of the other ones are eventualities. Things that will happen um, but we, we don't know specifically when. This is one that we don't even know if it will happen. There has been swirlings that this will not be the first round of realignment for the Big 12. It won't even be the first expansion for the Big 12. And I know how I feel about it and if I think it's going to happen. So I'm going to make you go first. <laughs> How do you, first, do you think it is feasible? And second, do you think we see it within the next five or six years? You mean another round of, of expansion? Of expansion. Um, also, who would it be? I think it's definitely feasible. Um, I th I'm not sure if it's likely because I think there's a lot of factors that are going to play into that. Um, the main one being, um, does the first round go well? Yeah. And also the development of other potential expansion options will be another thing to look at. Um, I think these first four that we're allegedly, air quotes, adding right now, mm -hmm. um, I think they're the obvious picks. They're very clearly the best on the market, I think. And there was a group of four that was also considered that, uh, that they were like the next four out, or the first four out, I should say. And I... I don't recall exactly who was in that group. I believe Boise State was in it. Boise State SMU, and Memphis. SMU was in it. It was a four-team group. Memphis was in it. Memphis was the first team out, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, SMU was in it, surprisingly. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't. I I'm not opposed to SMU joining at all, but it seems weird that they would be mentioned for the first round. I have reservations about SMU joining just because we already have a team in the Fort Worth Metro. I, I don't know if we need SMU as well. Yeah. I'd be fine of keeping them out of conference, but like just I don't know, having like a good relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Like TCU and them play out of conference a lot. Like that could be a fun matchup. But that doesn't really add a whole lot for the Big Twelve other than uh football competitiveness occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um South Florida may have been one of the other schools. It may have been Colorado State. I don't remember exactly who it was. But there was a group that the Big 12 was actively looking at that was outside looking in, and they didn't get added. Um, the schools that I would look at for the next round, first off, I think that this would probably not be happening for another probably at least six or seven years from now because I think they want to add these four and then just wait and see. Like, how does it go? What does a TV deal end up being? Mm-hmm. Which current figures are estimating that it could be much better than we were thinking that we were going to get. Uh, actually ending up a little bit closer to what we're currently getting, which would just be absolutely outstanding. And yeah. I, I mean, me from a month ago would be over the moon. Because I, I was... You from a month ago should have been put on a watch. You were really upset about this. I was down in the dumps for quite some time. And I, w- I would just look at you like, Connor, it's it's okay. No, it's well, not. <laughs> you, I think you were more upset because you, like you kind, of, everyone was joking. Is like, ha ha, Connor, Connor caused this. I think you internalized that. I think it, at one point it just became not a joke to you. I think that was probably it because I did <laughs> cause this. <laughs> I you ma- didn't I, cause it, man. It I, was manif- an I manifested it <laughs> indirectly. This is one of wait, what one thing we've quote unquote manifested? Yes, I feel like we've manifested other things. I don't, I can't recall off the top of my head. Pastor, Pastor, yeah, we we manifested him. We tried manifesting Kanak. That didn't work. Yeah, that didn't work. It may still happen. I but... mean, granted, Pastor was likely to happen. Uh, realignment was just completely out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I don't know. It was it was allegedly already happening. I'm just going to... I feel like I had a hand in that accidentally. Like So now I have like a penance to pay <laughs> to the remainder of the Big 12. I'll have to like make a pilgrimage to all the schools. <laughs> you just personally go in front of their like administrative building and go, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> My bad. Have fun going to Lubbock. Anyway. Oh, jeez. I, I might skip that. <laughs> but I have tortillas there. They do have tortillas. We're we're getting way off track. A little off track. So, I I don't think there's a second round of expansion coming, and the reason why I think that is it doesn't have surprisingly, it doesn't have anything to do with money, because I think that we get a decent enough TV contract because per capita we're the most interesting football division on. Are we the best one? No. No. I as much as it pains me to say no, we will not be the best. We division. we are significantly more interesting than most other conferences, I would say at this point. Yeah. Maction is cool. Yeah, Maction is cool, but that's a gimmick. Yeah, that's a gimmick and it's literally on Tuesdays. So, so. <laughs> SEC is always obvious who it's going to be and they're very top heavy. Yeah. Big 10 has I'd say the most good schools in them. 
but uh, there's still a, like there's always Ohio State and somebody. Yeah, it's kind of it's very similar to the ACC, except the talent level is a little higher. Yeah. I would say across the board. Yeah. So then you then you have the ACC, which is always the same school winning. Maybe that changes. Maybe Virginia Tech with Enter Sandman takes himself to a natty. I really don't want to be alone in the no natty club, so maybe don't do that. Yeah, I, I would rather Virginia Tech not win a natty because that would really get annoying on our end. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, in Pac-12, they're interesting for a different reason. They're interesting because they all are kind of bad. The Big 12 will be interesting because none of us will be... There won't be that school, but we right. will all be consistently... Minus one school. We'll be consistently at least serviceable to good to great and it should depend on each year yeah. who it is and it'll cycle in and out uh just as uh great recruiting classes come and go from various schools um the one one thing that i had not considered uh possibly creating a new round of big 12 realignment is i've seen this floated around is that usc and ucla uh, hightail from the Pac-12 when their deal goes up to whatever next super conference uh, comes up to challenge the SEC because there were briefly rumors floating around about them joining the Big Ten. And the Big Ten did have legitimate interest in adding teams on the West Coast. So should they ever come back to that in several years, all of a sudden the Pac-12 is thrown into flux. So maybe that's the perfect opportunity for the Pac-12 Big 12. 12 dead. Pac-12 after dead. <laughs> So that, that, that's a perfect opportunity for the Big 12 to scoop up the Arizonas, uh, Colorado, and someone else. Yeah. But the, the main reason why I don't think expansion will happen is this is going to sound extremely harsh, but it's the only way I can really say it. Who else in a non-Power 5 conference are we going to take? Because the only ones that I could see us taking that would be immediately competitive Memphis. Memphis. And that's basically it. That's basically it. Colorado State just got whooped by South Dakota State. No. Yeah. Now, now Fort Collins is beautiful, and that would be awesome for road games because we would win, and it'd be really pretty, but they don't really have much. Yeah. Boise State, I feel like, is... yeah. You imagine that, that nightmare between Boise, Idaho, and Orlando, Florida... Oh, so I think that logistically can't happen, even though they would be competitive. Those are the two main people that I would see being competitive, and only one, I believe, is viable, unless we decide, unless Louisville wants to not be in the is it ACC. Yeah, they're in the ACC, I believe. Unless they don't want to be there anymore, which I don't think they would want to leave. There's, there's a slim chance, but they literally just signed their TV deal. And they have a pretty steep buyout, although their payout is not good at all. Uh, like I think that the new Big 12 will have a roughly similar payout uh, as the current ACC deal has. So there's a chance that once their TV deal gets a little bit closer to cycling down, that uh, Louisville could want to jump ship. They almost did last time. Uh, realignment went around anyways. Uh but the Big 12 didn't take them. We took West Virginia instead for some reason. Which, granted, West Virginia would not be in a Power 5 conference right now. They think they're going to the ACC. No. They're not. No. They don't have the academics for it. Like, they're... I think they are the worst academic school in all of Power 5 by a significant margin. 
Like, they're in, like, the 200s, I think. I don't think there's another Power 5 in oh the 200. Boy. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But, yeah. So, that's why I don't think it's going to happen. But, let's just skip past all the what-ifs, the whens, the whys. The Big 12 will live another day on the back of expansion. And it will finally be complete in having 12 schools... So I don't have that annoying friend who looks at me every single day and says, Oh, why are you in a Big 12? It's 10. There's 10 schools. Why are you You're not t- clever. You are not clever. You're not clever. You're not funny. Someone needs to give you a hug. It's not me. I will never touch you. But it's extremely brutal. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> but they don't listen to this podcast. It's fine. But <laughs> so that... That wraps up the actual news segments of this week, unless you have a final note on realignment. Um, just, I'm happy that it's finally happening uh, for the Big 12. It's happening a little sooner than I thought it would. Um, but I'm glad that... I'm, I'm actually very impressed with uh, Bob Bowlesby. Um, he, I'm, I'm still not, but I respect what he's done. No, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with his response. Okay. It, it, he shouldn't have had to respond in the first place. But... Uh, he very quickly he got out in front of it and he said we're going to act before someone else can act against us again and he yeah to to his credit um uh, they did not fool him twice so <laughs> so now we finally get into the triumphant return of the wacky segment of the week and despite having a week and a half to come up with this one I still had I had a little bit of a struggle because the wacky segments have mostly been been my ideas because I don't know why I I I actually have no good reason as to why <laughs> they they always are and I I don't know I just never really I think it's think just because it. I started doing them first and then yeah. it just kind of became my thing to write on the outline right but anyway so this week's wacky segment of the week is. A bit more of an abstract one, to where the Tulane Green Wave will not be winning. That's still the angriest I've ever been at one of these. But this one is, if Power 5 conferences were people, what kind of people would they be? And we're throwing in the American Conference in it anyway. So let's start from, let's work from west to east. So let's start with the Pac-12. So is this real people or just characteristics? Like characteristics of people. Okay. So like I'll go first for an example. The the Pac-12 is the former football player who 100% peaked in high school but still managed to get himself a college degree and pretends like he's better than everyone else. I, it's hard to disagree with that, I think. His uh, favorite drink is Starbucks and protein shakes and he will remind you every single day that he was the starting quarterback. For three years and he currently works at a home depot yeah he also loves talking about uh katras and uh reminds you that he's vegan all yeah. the time <laughs> like that's my current uh stereotype of the pac-12 i guess more is just like hippie like elitist thing mm-hmm. like because i've seen like like the the very few stanford fans i saw talking smack uh, about the K-State game, like, before it happened, which there's, like, eight that actually care. <laughs> um, the ones that I saw were basically just, 
all like you know like oh like you're in the midwest and like nobody has teeth like like you don't like you don't have roads and shit like that oh oh i damn it i did it <laughs> no well we gotta put the e on this episode oh. i'm still holding strong because that one episode never released. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, we, we did not release that one. So yeah, there's a hidden episode. There's a hidden. Sort of. There's a lost episode that will never. It's lost to the sands of time. Yeah, but yeah, and that's basically what my current stereotype of the Pac-12 is. It's just this they like don't, they don't have teeth. <laughs> yeah, toothless like hillbillies. Like they pick that for us and not the SEC. I mean, it was because we were facing them. I, fair, but but it's just I don't know, it's just a coastal thing. I think they they look at the interior of the country with a like stain. like stain, yeah, like a, a spiteful eye, and uh, like from their ivory towers that are about to like like collapse, collapse into the ocean. <laughs> either that Sin or literally is fault coming for you. Either that or just literally just burn away. Like though, the, the West Coast is really going through it. Like, <laughs> That's why they try to bully us because they're going it's through tr- it. They're just they're just projecting. <laughs> they don't mean it. They're just trying their best. Yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll give them a pass on that. Like you know, if, if my home were literally just burning down around me constantly, I'd probably be a little irritable <laughs> as well. Like so so the Pac-12 they're they're annoying, but we get it. <laughs> yeah, we, this was not meant to be a t- segment just roasting the Pac-12. It's kind of turning into that. I thought but... it would be a segment roasting the SEC. Oh, we'll, but... we'll get to that. Oh, we'll get to you. Uh, so now we'll go, because I think technically it's farther east, uh, or west, I should say, the Big Ten. And this is honestly the one that I had the most trouble coming up with a stereotype for, because I already used the peeped in high school for for Pac-12. But the the main thing that I came up with for the Big Ten, are those people who just, peoples, by the way, not people, the people who just stayed in college for year after year because they had nothing better to do and didn't want to find an actual job. So they liked football that much and then just kept getting, like, master's and doctorate degrees. Again, also to just say that they're better than other people, which is why they're all AAU schools. They only use that, except for Nebraska, so... They were in AAU school in the Big Ten for all of, like, two months, I think. (laughs) Like, they worked really hard to get to AAU level, and they got there. And then, like, the second they got accepted to the Big Ten, they were like, oh, finally. Not worth it anymore. (laughs) We can stop researching. But, yeah, Big Ten are people that just never left school because they don't want to get a job. That's, That's actually kind of fair. When I think the Big Ten, I think of, like, trust fund babies that have, like like a cabin in the woods that isn't actually a cabin like it's it's made of like polyester and plastic yeah and, it's not wood <laughs> yeah and it's like actually just like a modern like multi-million dollar home and that's like their third home like <laughs> they had a mercedes at like 12 to just to look at <laughs> like like basically just like any bully from like like a 1990s movie that takes place at a private school oh doyle rules yeah it's 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 just they're the o'doyle oh man the big ten are the (laughs) o'doyle i'm changing my answer the big ten are just the o'doyles and ohio state is the dad (laughs) oh man 
<laughs> oh no, I'm committing the cardinal sin. <clears throat> Coughing. Anyway. Coughing. So, do you have any other notes of the Big Ten? No, not, not really. Alright, so, the Big 12, this is, listen, I gotta go for the obvious one. We're farmers. Yeah. We're, we're farmers, we we drive Ram 1500s and Ford F-150s. My dad drives a Ram 1500. I drive a sedan. <laughs> yeah, I drive a Dodge Journey. <laughs> My dad so, drives a Ram 1500, though. It's a really good truck. So I get it. <laughs> you see a Dodge Journey driving around Manhattan, it's Connor. There's actually, I've actually seen like five others that are exactly the same. It's my like same color and everything. If you see a, there's a like, black there's like Dodge a, Journey. There's like a 20% chance it's me. So just wave and yell Aggieville out of the cats. Yeah, like just, just wave. Like that one guy who yeah. saw me walking back to my apartment. Oh, and yeah. just went, Aggieville Alley Cats, yeah! Yeah, he just got recognized. Like, whoever, <laughs> what? Yeah. I still have no idea who that whoever, was. Whoever that was, show yourself, coward. <laughs> I have no idea who you are, but thank you. Yeah, that, that, that was actually really cool. So yeah. I mean, I wasn't there, but it was cool to hear. <laughs> but, yeah, I, the, the Big 12 are just kind of like, your every man, the the rural farmer who keeps everyone together and just really wants everyone to get along. So basically, I it's like the ultimate Midwesterner. So the only reason why the Big Twelve as a person would allow Texas and Oklahoma to leave was because they were not. They thought it would be rude to make them stay. Yeah, that yeah, <laughs> I I can't really argue with that. Like if. If you could describe the Big 12 in a word, it would be Ope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, so I'll change my answer. Ope, excuse me there. Ope, excuse me. Pardon Uh, me, Ope, excuse me. The the Big 12 is just your standard Midwesterner. So do you have any other assessments? Um, No, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, If we have any KU listeners uh, to this podcast, which I think we have at least one. um, Two. Two. Oh. Fun. And so those two guys, they may not like hearing that the Big 12 is a uh, farmer-based, um, but y'all literally wave the wheat, so <laughs> you can deal with it. You can deal with it. <laughs> so next up is actually the American. So the American is just kind of that guy who sits in the corner of the bar kind of staring at you every once in a while. It's like a karaoke bar, right? Okay. So it's picture yourself in the middle of a karaoke bar. All right. And just don't stop believing comes on. And this guy gets up like it is his time. It is his time to just belt out don't stop believing. And then he does an excellent job of it, right? Right. And someone asks him for an encore. And like Rebel Yell is the next song up. And he has no idea what he's doing. But he's trying his best, but it's really failing. And also, they just deleted Don't Stop Believing from the karaoke machine. So he will never, ever be able to do that again. That is my assessment of the American. I think that's fair. Um, No one knows what the hell I just said. (laughs) The American, to me, they're a person with multiple personality disorder. Because they have no identity at all other than the name of their conference which is american which is literally like they got into a room didn't know what to name their conference and they were like how about the american 
like after like eight days of trying to figure it out and they just were like that's fine <laughs> they probably thought the american was taken for a long time they probably i'm honestly shocked it wasn't but yeah they have schools all over the place um they just don't really have an identity as a conference other than schools that are too good to be with the other bad group of five conferences but up until very recently not quite good enough to be in a power five conference or just though nah, they don't have a, like a big enough budget mm-hmm. to be in it or how they don't have enough clout save for the top few schools so they just kind of have an identity crisis constantly like like the american conference is the dad that's going through a midlife crisis and starts a stamp collection worth fifteen thousand dollars and has to refinance the house so and everyone wants to tell him to stop but nobody can quite just get the heart to do it i give very different answers I was, they're a little similar. I mean, no, both both of ours were people in crisis, I would say, <laughs> in some fashion. Although mine had, was because of a mental disorder, so. <laughs> mine, mine was just someone who's, like, had very few things that they were good at and kind of just awkwardly made themselves known by having one or two good things and then just having those things leave and they're left with nothing. But, anyway, that's... That's the American. That's the American. Now we get to talk about... We'll save the ACC for last. Okay. Now we get to talk about the SEC. And for me, the SEC is a strange mixture, right? So on one end of the spectrum, you have... And by the way, these meet in the middle, so it's like a fusion. Okay. You have oil tycoon who literally will burn an orphanage in order to make like $100,000. Then you have people named Cletus who have two teeth in their entire family. You just ram those two together in like a particle accelerator and you get the SEC. Yeah. So we got got Cletus oil and we got Cletus oil and... Why I do declare. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and also all of them said like Ed Orgeron. Yep, especially uh, the LSU fans. Like, just an indescript dialect of something. (laughs) Go (laughs) Dex. That's the only thing that you can ever hear Ed Orgeron say is, Go Tigers. I, no, I heard him say Sissy Blue Shirt and then he lost, so. Yeah, okay, that's true. He was trying to enunciate a little bit more for the West Coasters. The West Coast. Yeah, he understands he's not Did in his homeland. you know he homeland. was a coach at USC? Yeah, he was the interim head coach, and he actually was very successful for them. Like, they fired uh, Kiffin, I think. That is the that is the last spot I ever expected to see Ed Orgeron. Yeah, I honestly was hoping that they were going to hire him full-time because he did a very good job as the interim. And then he went to LSU as, like, the defensive coordinator, and then Les Miles was uh, fired, and then they hired him. And I was like, oh, good for him. But he's kind of struggling recently. Yeah. Yeah, not doing too hot, that Ed. But yeah, the SEC, uh, I mean, we all know the stereotype of the, the Deep South. Like, you basically just described it, like Cletus, either that, or, like, Southern Debutante. <laughs> <laughs> and That's kind of what my, my particle smash was. Yeah, the, yeah it's, it's just, there isn't a lot to say about them other than, like, I don't know, it's like a group of people that hang out with two people that are really good at something 
And then they all say that they did that. So, no, that's actually literal. All right, well. Yeah, like, it's it's like if, let's say hypothetically, there's this friend group and there's 16 people in it. And one of them becomes president. And everyone that, else says we are president too. That was the punchline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to steal your joke there, but I think... <laughs> yeah, the, all the other ones say, now I'm president too. And nobody really knows why they all take so much pride in somebody else's accomplishments other than, especially when it doesn't really benefit them at all. Like that isn't the best comparison to draw, but like, because it doesn't really make as much sense as like sports successes because like you actually can draw some pride from like a friend doing something cool. But like the SEC, they like compete against each other constantly and they like celebrate when like, you know, the team that like just beat them to a pulp like 80 to zero, like played their second teamers for the entire game, like goes out and like went to trophy. They're like, yeah, that's my friend. Yeah. He just literally assaulted me. That's my friend. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's that's the SEC. Now the ACC is the one, in my opinion, that I had the hardest time like figuring something out for. And the only thing that I can think of, and I have no legitimately good reason for this, but all I can imagine with the ACC is just, like, bar hoppers. Like, that's the only thing that I can imagine. And I don't know why. So, like, for example, the the ACC, you obviously have Clemson, who's the best school, right? So that's, right. like, the best bar. That's, like, the best bar in the area. Right. And everyone else just kind of goes to every other bar. This is supposed to be one person. Uh... So I guess we'll just go, like, uh, a bar hopper. So they just kind of go from bar to bar, seeing what works, what's good. Sometimes you have one bar that's really, really good and is in competition for that other bar. So they start going there for a while, right? And then they suddenly just stop going there. So bar hopper. Not alcoholic, but ball ball hopper. for <clears throat> Ball. <laughs> Am I okay? Bar hopper. Breaking news on the Acuville Alley Cats. Ace has just had a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> More to follow. Um, so, yeah, the, do you want to address that after? Yeah. Or do you want to... Yeah. Okay. Um, we have a volleyball result, but we'll, we'll say it after okay. the wacky segment. Um, yeah, the ACC, I also have struggled with what to think of for a single individual person. Because they kind of have two identities, and it's Clemson and not Clemson. Yep. (laughs) So the best way to describe them is, like, imagine, like, a cheerleading squad. Okay. Um, And half of them are Clemson. Okay. And they are very aware of what's going on at the football game. They, like, know what things are. Then you have the other half that, like, cheers when the other team scores. And they have to be reminded that, like, no, that's the other team. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's that's the ACC to me. I know that's kind of cheating because that's not one person. But I just, I really don't know how to describe the ACC as a person. Because they're not quite as, like, coastal elite as the Pac-12. Pac-12. The Pac-12 is just built different in that sense. But... <laughs> 
Honestly, the Big Ten has more coastal elitism than the ACC, and they're not even. I mean, they're, 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 they're on like the coast of Lake Michigan. <laughs> and the coastal elite of Detroit. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and, and Milwaukee. <laughs> so yeah, now we have the. Fi- Remember when we said we weren't sure if we were going to get the final for volleyball? Yeah, we have that. We now. have it. So the Wildcats defeated the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, in three sets, so clean sweep. Then won the first set, 25-16. The second set, 25-23. And then the third set just wrapped up moments ago. They won 25-18. to All around looks like a solid performance for the Wildcats. I'm going to check the stats here, see if there's anything that really sticks out. Uh, Leah Carter letting kills 11 on 23 attempts with four errors, 30% hitting percentage. Uh, seems... Like, they had a, a all-around solid game, uh, dominated two sets. Another one was a little closer. So, nothing to really complain about there. So, yeah, that concludes the wacky segment of the week. Hope you enjoyed. Now we have to, before we move into the outro bit, we have another important announcement to make. So, now we have the campaign of new look, same old alley cats, but something new about these alley cats that they just didn't have before is very soon and i mean probably within the week it's... of this coming out <laughs> it is very imminent to quote mike vernon it's imminent it is imminent we will be launching our official merchandise store on i'm not sure if we've ever let people know where it'll be yeah but it will be on teespring yeah I'm the site formerly known as Teespring. Now, now it's just now Spring. It's just spring. Yeah. I, I think that's really stupid yeah, that they didn't ask it's, me. It's awkward. But I think it's finally time that we release the the full list of what we're actually going to be releasing, at least as plans stand right now. Maybe things change. Maybe they don't. So we will be releasing, I believe it's up to five, five designs for T-shirts and hoodies. Um, as many as five, I believe. As many as five, because we have limited edition hoodie, which will only be a limited edition shirt, shirt which will be which just think, a shirt. I think you could a little just be a shirt. I mean, we can do either way. I don't care. Um, I don't know. Let's just keep that as a shirt. Okay. Limited edition shirt of our old logo, which will only be available for one or two weeks to prove that you are an original fan. We should probably, like, make that concrete how long that's going to be now. <laughs> like Two weeks. Oh, we'll say two weeks. We'll say two weeks. Yeah. 14 days you may get this shirt from when it drops yeah and that's it and we will make it very obvious on our twitter yes we will be promoting that really hard for the entire two weeks the second will be our new logo which will just be the logo itself the third will be a completely new design which has never been released or leaked before which is we'll we'll leave that one as a surprise because it's it's brand new yep the fourth one will be the two cats that you can see sitting on the dumpster in the cover image, which, by the way, fun fact for a trivia fact, that is the blonde one is supposed to be Connor and the black one is supposed to be me. Uh, you can tell that by the eye color. And then the fifth mysterious design will be what I have lovingly referred to as the bottle cap, which may or may not be a limited design. It just depends on how well it sells. So those are the five designs that we'll be launching with for shirts. 
four for hoodies. The only one that will not be included for a hoodie is the original logo design. We also may be including socks because I think the socks are hilarious. I think it's just really funny that we could have socks and somebody would wear them. Yeah. If you <laughs> Yeah, just if you ever buy the socks for some other reason, just Socks in the wild. Yeah, socks in the wild. Oh my god. That is that is not That's thieved. not a thing ever happening. That's <laughs> gross. Anyway. And then finally, the last thing that I think we're planning on is coasters. The coasters featuring either the bottle cap design or the super special secret design that we have not released yet, but will be releasing alongside the merch store. It is arguably the coolest one. It's definitely the coolest one. I was trying to be... I I didn't know what you thought, so I was like... I didn't want to overhype it, but it's it's pretty cool. No, (laughs) it's, it's the coolest one. And we also need to establish what hashtag we're going to use if people buy merch. Um, we have not thought about this at we all. We have not, but it's just something that we'll come up with when it specifically releases. And be sure to let us know on Twitter or whatever platform you so desire. Send us a picture of you in the merch or of you receiving the merch. You'll get an instant retweet and most likely a follow from us because we really appreciate on everyone that buys anything from us. So basically that's it. We have merch that is coming very, very soon. So for thank you for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, we are at Aggieville A Cats. That's capital A, capital A, and capital C in cats. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I am at ACEdwards00 on Twitter and... I'm Connor Bautzor, capital C and capital B. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this edition of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.